Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by the Oregonian and Oregon Life, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan. And together we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today we're going to talk a little bit less about where to go and more about how to dress while you're out there. Yeah, Jim, I mean, when you're out hiking or mountain biking or camping or what have you in the warmer season, it's not particularly complicated to figure out what mm-hmm. to wear. Dress in layers, uh, they say, and wear a good pair of shoes. I mean, that, that pretty much gets you through most situations. But during this colder, wetter time of year, you really need to have a little bit different approach. Yeah, I mean, between the rain, snow, right, wind, cold, there's a lot, I think, if we're being honest, that can make you uncomfortable this time of year, mm-hmm. right? Not to mention conditions that can actually be quite dangerous. So on this week's episode of the show, we're going to talk all about how to outfit yourself for winter in the Northwest. And this isn't kind of a, all right, let's spring and go to your local gear shop and pick up like 500 bucks worth of stuff. This is... Probably for many of us here in the Northwest, stuff you already have, just maybe how to use it and what to bring with you in a headspace thing as you head out the door, right? So we're not just trying to sell you a bunch of gear. We're trying to (laughs) make you happy while you hike, ski, bike, run, snowshoe, you name it, this time of year. And Jamie, I think what a lot of people talk about when they talk about layering for the winter time you're probably gonna hate me for breaking out the cliche jamie but it is dress like an onion you heard that one before you used that one before probably a bunch of times huh yeah i not personally okay i've not used that that phrase i've heard you say it okay and uh i don't think that i've ever heard actually anyone else what? say it. So really it's not much no one else has heard it <laughs> oh my gosh maybe i am like secretly making this up myself it's good i like it you want to have those onion layers on you when you're going out there and you can just shed them put them back on i mean if you were to be able to put a layer of onion back on <laughs> you can't really put the really onion work. back together that that is where <laughs> no. the metaphor ends however but jim i think it's it's a great piece of advice especially when we're out there no matter what these situations are if you're just out going for a walk around your neighborhood it's good to have layers mm-hmm. when people come visit from other parts of the country and they say how should i dress for the pacific northwest i always tell them dress in layers that's that's the that's the way to do it here you want to have you know I, I wear a t-shirt and then a long sleeve button-up shirt on top of that and then a jacket and maybe another jacket on top of that depending on mm-hmm. the weather this is what you do here. It just makes the most sense, yeah. I think. Depending on the weather and depending on how hard you're working. And we'll we'll get into that yeah. to a degree. But, Jamie, I would say, you know, a lot of folks are, are venturing out into the snow this time of year. That's obvious. But why don't we start with folks venturing out into, under most circumstances, lower elevation areas that do not have snow and are just simply getting pelted with rain. And either way, the same general concepts apply, but what you're going to uh, outfit yourself with is going to be different. So for the sake of this conversation here, let's assume throughout that you are doing a day outing, right? You're doing something that's Mm -hmm. going to take a few hours and you're not going to stay, you're not planning to stay overnight, right? So we're not talking winter backpacking. We're not talking snow camping. We're talking hiking, cross-country skiing, something like that. And for starting in the rain, Jamie, I think, do you want to go head to toe or toe to head? Take your pick. 
Oh, let's go. Let's go toe to head. How about that? All right. Yeah. Toe to head it is. So before we even talk footwear, Jamie, I think socks are an under oh, yeah. underappreciated and maybe overlooked portion of this conversation. But I have a couple kind of tried and true things as far as socks go. The first is picking a sock that number one fits you well, isn't going to mm-hmm. bunch up in your hiking footwear of whatever kind. And two is not kind of what you would traditionally think of like your warmest cotton sock or like the thickest sock you're going to wear for time spent around the house, maybe cozied up in the wintertime. Yeah, that's great. I'm leaving that in the car, leaving that in the car, right? I am picking out usually this time of year, if I'm going outside, I'm going to pick some sort of synthetic or wool sock, something that's pretty thin, which is counterintuitive. But if I'm, you know, working, hiking, walking, skiing, something like that, I'm not going to pick something big and bulky. I'm going to pick something, you know, relatively light that's going to keep my foot from getting really sweaty. And then I'm going to kind of stash that warm, thick cotton sock back in the car so I can change into it when I get back there. Yeah. yeah. And after the sock, Jamie, I mean, plenty to talk about with footwear as well. Yeah. And Jim, you know, just not to harp on the socks here, but I do think they are the most important. Yeah. I, I, I'm a big believer in wool socks. You know, people, I think, have a tendency to, to say like, oh, I'm going to put two different socks on mm-hmm. at once. Like you're going to like layer up your socks. And if you have to do that, then you've got the wrong socks. You don't need to do that. It's a good um, point. Like you said, Jim, it, having a good, you know, lighter or midweight sock, preferably wool, <laughs> is going to do you right. And yep. having a spare pair in the car is, is always a nice thing to have this time of year too. Yep. So once your foot is properly socked, this time of year, if we're talking about rain, what you really want to have is just a good pair of waterproof hiking boots. They're going to do you right. I think it's worth investing in. Um, if you're going to be doing any amount of rainy day hiking in this part of the country this time of year, it's going to keep your foot dry. And that sock dry, and it's going to just make you a much happier hiker. Much happier hiker. Happy feet, happy hiker, to a degree here. Moving on up for kind of your your pants or whatever, I will often wear, Jamie, maybe TMI, but I'm wearing like in the wintertime if it's chilly, I'm going to probably toss on a pair of like long johns or tights or you know something like that i have a really nice pair if we're going to talk brands at all not that these are by any means the only or the best options but i have a really nice pair of smart wool tights that i wear the heck out of this time of year i'm wearing them skiing i'm wearing them if i'm doing any kind of backcountry snow stuff i'm gonna wear them if i'm going on a hike basically heck if i'm just going and i'm sitting outside and having a drink at a brewery and it's chilly. I'm probably going to wear them under my jeans. I get so much mileage out of those. They keep me happy. And I, I definitely recommend kind of employing a system, employing, deploying a system. Uh, who knows? I'm just going to keep rolling with it. Of those plus some level of waterproof pant, right? So for me, that looks like kind of my simple, not terribly expensive swish, swish, swish rain pants. The, the kind that you would wear if you were bike commuting to and from work, let's say. That's by no means the only or best option, but one that I find keeps me reasonably dry. That or simply going with kind of a more traditional hiking pant that maybe is not going to soak up as much moisture, but you acknowledge is Mm -hmm. going to just kind of get wet over the course of the day. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You know, I actually have a pretty different approach hmm. to, to pants than um, you do. When we're talking about the rain, especially, you know, I my legs don't get as cold 
typically. So I don't wear any sort of uh, base layer for just rain hiking in the valley. And, and the pants I use are kind of my, my pants I hike in pretty much year round, which mm-hmm. are just a sort of quick, dry, lightweight yeah. hiking pants. So I wear them expecting them to get soaking wet, and they do. Mm-hmm. And But by the time uh, you know I'm done with my hike or way before then, they will typically dry. So it's not a huge burden. You don't want those those fabrics that are just going to soak up all that water yeah. and just you know really make a bad time for you. If you want something like you said, Jim, that's either going to repel the water or it's going to dry really quickly once it does get wet. Yeah. And I you know I think one, you know that's just something you need to consider that you definitely are going to get wet out there. Yep. There's really no way around it. Yep. And something that you know about yourself is how cold of a person you are. Yeah. I know I'm a pretty chilly person, generally speaking. So while you may say, you know what, I'm okay just acknowledging that my pants are going to get wet and I'm wearing those kind of quick dry hiking pants, I might wear those same ones just with another layer underneath. Mm-hmm. And that's going to keep you and I equally happy just for different, you know, tolerances, if you will, or different Absolutely. natural natural tendencies. So Moving on up, Jamie, I employ a, a similar system with my upper body. So I usually will have, depending on the output of my activity, how hard I'm working, some sort of base layer, a mid layer that is probably either, well, usually some sort of puffy jacket, uh, again, depending on how hard you're working, and then a rain shell of some sort. Mm-hmm. And the most important important is the fact that you have multiple options there and you're able to stow the ones that you're not actively using so if you're you know hiking uphill you know hoofing it hike 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 maybe you are dressing down to your base layer for like that 10 minute jaunt up the hill but then you get up to the top you're going to sit and have a snack you're darn right that puffy and that shell are going to come right back on jamie yeah you have to either expect to be stopping to take off layers or um, kind of the method I do a lot is I just expect to start the hike cold. cold. Yeah. I, a little a little uncomfortable at the beginning and just know that I'm going to warm up. And sure enough, within 20, 30 minutes, I am totally warm. And you, that's the point when you start seeing people yep. step off the trail, stow their jackets. Inevitably, that happens. Yep. So that's totally fine. If you don't want to start the hike feeling a little cold, that's totally understandable. But having, like you said, Jim, that option to be able to store what you have with you Having enough room in your pack to do that, that's crucial. Yep. That's what you need to do. Yep. And then you can just layer up, layer down, depending on what your comfort is in that moment. Yeah. And especially, it depends what your activity level is, too. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking the, the start cold, get warm philosophy. That kind of takes into mind that you're doing something that's aerobic and is going to get you moving. Right. If you're saying you're going out mushroom picking and you're doing an activity that's more a slow amble through the forest, hopping over logs you know, brushing up against trees where you're kind of, you're going to get wet. I'm bundling up a little bit more at the trailhead to make that happen. So the key is to have the option to layer up and down, in my opinion, based on how hard you're working, how chilly it is. And if you're taking a break, you don't want to be in a situation where uh, you're dressed only for, you know, moving quickly. And then you try to stop and take a break and you realize you're frigid as soon as you stop. I know we kind of touched on the jacket a little bit, but I want to get into that a little bit deeper here because this is something I see people when they come from other parts of the country, especially in the wintertime, and they have these really nice jackets maybe for the East Coast mm-hmm. that work well in those conditions, and they bring them out here in Portland and they get absolutely soaked because this is a, a, a region where it gets rainy, yeah. it's wet. Our coldness comes with that wetness, and you have to have a jacket that works. So 
Jim, I, I love the um, this sort of two-layer Columbia jacket that I have. Got the rain shell, and you can zip the liner into it for a little bit of extra mm-hmm. warmth. Um, a lot of times this year, I will just wear that rain shell just to you know keep myself dry for all the layers I have underneath. But having something like that that will keep the moisture out is absolutely crucial if you're going to be doing anything outside this time of year. Mm-hmm. For sure, I you know similarly have I've got kind of my primary jacket system is either a lighter weight. They're both mountain hardware, oddly, not with any level of specificity and seeking that, but I have a a lighter kind of rain shell that is more aerobic and made for, say, if I'm bike commuting to work or going on a hike where I'm expecting to get wet, but not just like torrentially drenched. And then I have my more standard like skiing and or like mountain activities in the wintertime shell, which is a burlier, has a bigger hood. It's more protective and and essentially something that I'm going to put on if I'm really expecting to either spend a lot of time in the snow or I'm going to get really, really wet. Mm -hmm. So picking your jacket based on your activity, you don't need to go out and buy like five jackets for the activity, though many outdoors people will be able to open a jacket and have five different rain options. You don't need that. Uh, You don't (laughs) need it. But I've found that having two different ones for for different purposes uh, seems to work well for me. Yeah, absolutely. So moving up our body, Jim, I I think I want to talk about hands next because I am someone who my hands get very cold. And so I I definitely always need some sort of decent hand protection. And in the lower elevations, when we're just talking about rain in the valley, say, I don't need much. I have just a pair of sort of smaller gloves that I keep in my jacket pocket at all times just to have something you know they're not waterproof they're not super insulated they're nothing special nothing crazy but just having a pair of gloves just always right there in case i need it has been a lifesaver so many times i have to tell you Mm -hmm. yeah i uh, i am a firm believer of the like multiple sets of gloves even yeah on a hike even if i'm going out for a winter trail run i'll oftentimes throw Maybe I'm not wearing gloves and I'll throw one pair in my pack. Or if I go backcountry skiing, for example, I have as many as three pairs of gloves with me at any given point, just because I know my hands get chilly, like you said. And, you know, you're moving quick. You might want just a light, skinny pair of like liner style gloves or little fleece gloves. Mm-hmm. But you slow down, you get cold. I like tossing on a big pair of mittens. That may not be necessarily something you want just for a rainy day hike, but kind of like your feet you have cold hands your whole body is gonna get chilly if you've got cold hands head feet so i I tend to try to protect those areas as best i can and we're talking about you know protecting areas from the cold i think the head is you know obviously one of the areas where we we lose a lot of body temperature you know this is an area that that is a little bit tricky for me you know i feel like a lot of people throw on classic beanie right Mm -hmm. And I think that works for a lot of situations. I find for the rain, and maybe this is just me as a glasses wearer too, you know, I like my big wide brim hat mm-hmm. um, that keeps the rain off my glasses, off my face. It's not super, you know, water repellent. It, a lot of times it gets wet and my head gets a little wet as well. But having something there that just keeps the rain off of me, I think is really nice. So, I mean, whatever works for you, I think, but you really want to make sure you've got something on your head to keep you warm for sure. Yeah, I rock a baseball cap a lot of the time in the winter. If it's not actively raining, a beanie is going to keep me warmer than a baseball cap is, but it's also going to get wet quicker. Mm -hmm. So it's, again, 
pick the right item for the conditions. Yeah. Beanie plus a hood, popular option for the rain. That is as well. good. I think a lot, I see a lot of people rocking that. That is good. Man, Jamie, I feel like we could go all day with this stuff, but <laughs> what what have we talked about that is not applicable to the snow at this point, I guess? The same functional systems apply. Yeah, well, I guess a different way to put this, Jim, is, is what if you're going into the snow, what kind of special accommodations do you need to make that we haven't talked about already? Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, going in and making sure you have some level of traction with your footwear. So picking out something that either has like a yak tracks or a micro spikes or, you know, something to keep you from slipping all around on a snowy, icy trail is going to be one. That's not necessarily warmth related, but for me layering up for the snow, as I kind of spoke about a moment ago, includes just beefier weather gear you know knowing that in the snow maybe travel might take a little bit longer it simply might be colder i am very intentional with what goes in my backpack for those activities especially if i'm going out doing an activity like ski touring or snowshoeing or cross-country skiing is kind of a very dynamic situation as far as what you pick to wear because oftentimes you're working quite hard and you'll see people out doing those activities and will be wearing really light clothing and you're like what the heck it's like 22 degrees out here what are you doing but they're working really hard they've got a high body heat and you know if i'm backcountry skiing which is a thing i enjoy doing a lot in the winter time i will oftentimes be in snow pants tights you know my ski boots and socks and a baseball cap and a base layer basically you know just a a light like sun shirt or something like that going uphill but as soon as i stop and take a break grab some water eat a little bit of food a puffy jacket's coming right out of my bag a shell's coming right out of my bag maybe i'll just wear the base layer in a shell and keep the puffy in case i get cool Uh, i'm gonna have multiple pairs of gloves with me i'm gonna have a hat a winter hat beanie style hat regardless of if i'm wearing it or not and one just crucial piece of gear that I think not a a lot of folks would immediately jump to is even if it's cloudy, I tend to bring or try to always bring a pair of sunglasses with me as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because that light bounces off the snow, the wind and snow can be whipping through. I like to keep my eyes protected with a pair of good sunglasses as well. Yeah. I've had that experience just hiking out in the snow without sunglasses and really regretting it. (laughs) So that's something I try to bring now every time I'm going to be out there because it's, yeah, I mean, it, that, that snow glare is, is a real, real issue. Absolutely so. But all that said, Jamie, the same concepts apply. I'll go back to my onion. You want to basically make sure you're dressed appropriately for the weather in layers so you can go up and down. And if it's something you're not super familiar with, how to dress for the winter, bring a backpack, store maybe more than you need the first time, and feel it out, right? Go in maybe a little over-prepared instead of under though I may be you know, giving folks advice that leads them to carry big old heavy backpacks that they're not happy about, or just stick close to the car and figure it out. Go only two miles instead of six. You know, you're, you're probably going to cover less ground in the snow, That's right. um, unless you're an experienced snow traveler, than you would hiking uh, on you know, uh, non-snowy ground. That's right. Well, Jim, we are going to talk more about what to wear in the winter, um, particularly in some areas of Oregon you might not necessarily think about going in the winter. But first, we're going to take a short break. Okay, we are back talking about how to dress for success. 
during winter recreation in the Pacific Northwest. And Jim, I wanted to, we've already kind of covered the snow, we've covered the rain. I, I wanted to talk about, you know, how do you dress for the other parts of the Pacific Northwest, namely the high deserts of this area. And I had an experience with this recently at the beginning of fall when it started to get cold. And I was out there in uh, in Bend and visiting a friend who, who now lives out there. And we were outside having a drink and I had my typical Portland rain shell on and I was just freezing out there in the desert. And she said, like, look, you know, she's like, that shell works great in rainy Portland, but we're in the desert, man. Mm-hmm. What you need now is like the puffier jacket. You need something that has more insulation, more warmth to it. And I hadn't really thought about it like that. I've been out there in the desert a bunch of times, but, you know, I hadn't really thought like, oh, of course, what works for Portland cold does not work for the desert cold because Jim... I'm sure you've been out there this time of year. It gets cold out there at night and when the sun falls and during the day too. So you really need to have sort of a slightly different approach when you're going out into that particular environment. Yeah, the Bend folks are, you know, Portland and Valley folks are are hardy when it comes to the rain, right? Uh, I, I love that the rain doesn't derail folks from kind of going about their daily life. The same applies to kind of the snow and the cold the folks in central Oregon or in the desert elsewhere. You just grin and bear it. It's what you do this time of year. You put on a really warm jacket, you've got gloves with you all the time, and you're rocking a beanie or some sort of warm headwear pretty much 24-7. You got some warm shoes that are functional for your day-to-day life. Uh, On a recent, I was down in Bend for Thanksgiving visiting family, and my brother actually flew in from out of town. And he made a, a comment that he looked at the weather and brought a lighter puffy jacket based on what he saw. And I immediately thought, eh, that was a mistake. I'm not going to tell him. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm I'm going to bring my tights. I'm going to bring my gloves. I'm going to bring my hat. And all of that is going to come with me to just do something simple like we went to a uh, holiday tree lighting ceremony at night. Uh, I'm like, I'm bundling all the way up for this and i was happy because i wore my tights my warmer socks my puffy jacket my hat my gloves all is fine but if you you go out to an occasion such as that in bend there's almost the uniform that folks are wearing and it's mm-hmm. very similar to that maybe swap in like a carhartt jacket or something for a puffy but predominantly speaking folks are just rocking that look during the winter time yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff that we've talked about in episodes so far, I mean, the base layers mm-hmm. seem super important. Having that puffy jacket, that warm jacket that's really well insulated is super important. I mean, this is a big open area, that desert out there. And, you know, it, it can get just so cold so quickly. And it can be just like you said, Jim, just so little escape from it. You have to expect to get cold. Um, so if you're just wearing, you know, a pair of sneakers and cotton socks and your regular old jacket, that's not going to cut it. And you're not going to have a very good time. So make sure you get some of those good winter shoes, uh, maybe some boots that have a little bit of insulation to them, uh, a nice pair of wool socks, um, just like we talked about, sunglasses. If it's going to be mm-hmm. nice and bright, you know, it's not necessarily going to be this cloudy, you know, rainy gray that we're used to here in the Willamette Valley. It's, a, like I said, a slightly different experience. So, you know, taking just bits and pieces of what we talked about before, you really want to make sure you're, you're bringing the right stuff if you're going out there into the desert. And Jamie, can I, I hit you with one learned from experience tip for any snow stuff and any kind of sunny wintertime stuff outside? Rocking the sunscreen. Don't just toss that in a bin mm. 
at the end of summertime, I'm done with this. I don't, you know, I'm going to soak up as much vitamin D as I can for the rest, you know, anytime I can get it, no sunscreen for me. Er, wrong choice. You're not going to be a happy person when you go out for that sunny day hike in the snow or even kind of a cloudier day and you just get that reflection and you are all of a sudden burnt to a crisp. You've got that underside of your nose is feeling really burnt. Your face is feeling gnarly. You know, or you go out into central Oregon and it's just blazing sun, beautiful, but 34 degrees. It's not the heat that gets you. It's sunburn, not heat burn. So protect yourself accordingly. And, uh, you know, wear clothing that's going to keep the sun off and or, and I would uh, emphasize and instead of or, toss some sunscreen on because you will be a happier person the next day. That's some great advice, Jim. And as we're kind of wrapping things up here, let's see, any other little small things to carry with you? You know, I'd say water, of course, too, because it's so much drier this time of year. The air just doesn't carry that kind of moisture. You really want to make sure that you're still hydrated. You know, I, I, I'd say that hydration is more important than, say, you know, bringing some sort of lip balm. But that is something a lot of people like to carry, too. Mm-hmm. I carry, keep one in my winter jacket pocket, yep. just always right there ready for the season yep i uh in my snow pants which i'm using for skiing stuff i just keep a chapstick in there Mm -hmm. it's not i guess chapstick brand probably Uh, in fact i know it's not but i keep a lip thing there i also tend to travel just in my winter bag so i have my backcountry skiing bag that i go use for that activity and i keep in there among other things i just i keep some hand warmers the single use shake them up Mm -hmm. hand warmers that we know and love. I keep a a set of those in there just in case, you know, for folks traveling out into colder environments, something like a thermos of hot cocoa, coffee, tea, soup, you name it, is going to make you a happy person when you stop. That's not a must by any means, but something that uh, a lot of us have found helps warm us up. And then your standard just safety tips and tricks that we've gone over in the past about being mindful of your environment and what you need to be feeling good and feeling safe uh, while you're out there in nature. So, Jamie, I don't know. I think we have sufficiently covered at least the basics. And, of course, you can go absolutely into this as much or as little as you want. But this does provide a baseline for folks trying to get outside and wondering, hey, what are you wearing? Because I'm I'm thinking (laughs) this, but what are are you going to bring? And that's basically a rundown of what, I'm going to wear for those kinds of activities and likewise with you, Jamie. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's crucial this time of year. You want to make sure you're comfortable out there while you're doing what you do. And, you know, folks, good luck to you out there. Dress for success. Have a good time. Enjoy it. Dress for success. Have a good time. Enjoy it. And remember the onion because apparently <laughs> that is not getting enough play. So I, who knows, maybe I made it up. I don't think I did though. I'm pretty sure I heard that somewhere else. So anyway, folks, if you know the origins of the dress like an onion, let me know. But in the meantime, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details, of course, at OregonLive.com slash pod support. This episode of the show is produced by me, Jim Bryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Andrew Thien. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we'll leave you with this 10 seconds. Peace out.